Gary, can we go back to uh, 2011? I remember catching a plane to New York uh, with the mayor of Edmonton, and Daryl Cates was on a, his private jet there, and you, uh, the whole project was in the toilet, and you put it up, or somebody, the combination or whatever. Just can you take us back to how much this thing was on the rails and how you got it back on track? And, and maybe is there, and I know you've had a previous success or two to keep this team going. All of a sudden you've got, I assume, the best building in the league from what you said. And uh, you played, but it looks about a pretty important part. Can you just reflect on all that? You, you know, I, I, uh, my timeline and my thought process is a little different than yours. I mean, not that I'm disputing or disagreeing with what you're saying. I think back to a point in time where the Oilers were struggling when they were drawing 6,000 people a night, when they weren't competitive because uh, they couldn't afford to be. Most teams couldn't afford to be. Uh, there was a risk of them moving. Peter Pocklington was having some trouble. ATB was involved. And I always believed that if the NHL didn't work in places like Edmonton, that we didn't work. And I always thought it was vitally important that we have a system that enabled all of our clubs, no matter what market they were in, to be competitive, particularly in a place like Edmonton, which not only is a great sports town with great people, it's a great hockey town. And the history, the tradition, the fans, the players who played here. So I was always committed to making it work. I, I tend to view what happened over the last five or six years is that uh, Daryl Cates had a vision and that vision was embraced by Mayor Mandel. And while at times they might not have seen things the same way, if I served the useful function, I think I kept the lines of communications open and I think made sure that they understood each other and that we, we could get to a place that made sense for everybody. And when you see this, you see the results of, of a city and, and a sports team owner using a sports team and the arena as the anchor, if you will, for revitalization or vitalization of a city. And I think because everybody was, was committed ultimately to the same long-range vision, what was good for Edmonton, uh, the pieces were able to come together. Wait, take the mic. <laughs> No, that's good. As a follow to that, I... I this is one-on-one, -on -one, right? You're, <laughs> this, we sold tickets for this? Go ahead. The, uh, uh, how do you compare, now that you've seen the rink, how do you compare it to the, the other rinks in the National Hockey League? The, this, this, this is best of class. What, what, one of the things that, that I marveled at was I could see features from other new arenas in here, and I could see features I had never seen before, and then they were put together in a way that makes this a comfortable isn't the right way. You come here and you feel good about being here. And you see how it flows. You see the different ways you can experience the game because of all the different seating features that they have and the amenities. Uh, this is a great place. And again, it's a great place to see a hockey game. But it's a great place to do other events. Family shows, it's not a coincidence that Garth Brooks came here recently, sold out nine nights. Um, I think the chamber told me they had an economic impact of $42 million. 
and this was the only stop for Mr. Brooks in Alberta. Uh, the impact of everything that we're witnessing, this building and the construction across the street, is, is an economic engine in addition to everything else, including, as I said, the quality of life in Edmonton. And again, you, you, you build this district around an arena, and you get to build an arena because you have a professional sports team. This is a win-win for everybody. Gary, you came on the job, but you probably hadn't been there. You haven't been there real long. Quebec goes to uh, Denver. Uh, Winnipeg goes south to Phoenix. And then the bullseye is squarely on this franchise. Uh, how close was it? And why did you put the brakes on before the third team left? Well, it, it, it's not how did I put the brakes on uh, or why did I put the brakes on. It's how did I put the brakes on. Uh, when Winnipeg moved and when Quebec City moved, there was nobody who wanted to own a team anymore in those markets. What happened was the current, then current ownership wanted out and we tried to sell the club. And why did nobody want to buy it? Um, principally at the time was because there was no prospect of a new arena. And the arenas they had were inadequate. And that's why they left. Uh, I believed that there were people here that would own this franchise, and I had a longer-term vision that we could make it work, and frankly, I thought enough was enough, and we had to continue to try. We tried everything we could in Quebec City and in Winnipeg to stop the move, but there was no alternative. Maybe we got lucky, maybe the right people stepped up, or maybe we got better at saying no and figuring out alternatives. Uh, but. Uh, I thought it was vitally important, knowing everything I knew, including the history of this franchise and this city, that this franchise not move. There was, there was at the time, a bona fide offer to move it somewhere else, south of here, and fortunately there were alternatives, including the group that Cal Nichols was involved in that stepped up. You know, that, that was, we talked about it, it was a made in Alberta solution. It was a little untraditional. There were, what, how many, 37 owners at the time? It was a community effort. Uh, we had the ability, because the community stepped up, uh, to save this franchise. And I think we're all glad we did. Commissioner, in, in the fall, uh, Wayne Gretzky rejoined this franchise uh, in an executive role. Did you have anything to do with steering the, the parties together? And how do you view the importance of that reunion? Well, I think it, it's great to have Wayne in the league on an active basis. We, we went a little first because we made him the centennial ambassador, made him. We agreed to do it, and he was enthused about to do it. And I think Daryl, with his sense of commitment to this city and the history and tradition of the game and his and my abiding respect for Wayne, he wanted Wayne active with this franchise uh, because he thought it was important to the franchise, to the city, and to Wayne. And I think it's been a really good fit. Actually, I was at a game in Florida two, three weeks ago when Wayne was traveling with the team. Uh, he, he's as excited to be this active as we are excited to have him this active. And I know that uh, Daryl, who's obviously put together an enormously strong uh, and expert organization with Bob uh, at the head, um, uh, felt adding Wayne would be an important part and probably makes 
Nick, Bob Nicholson's job a little bit easier as well. And Kevin's. Uh, just in terms of Glendale, has this been one of the biggest challenges of your career? Glendale? Yeah. Nah, you know, I, I know that it, in, in, when you're a sports journalist, you, you like to have deadlines on things and what was the best or what was the worst or what was the hardest. Um, every situation is different. Uh, the circumstances that gave rise to the Coyotes' issues were unique, to say the least. Uh, we had it fixed, uh, and then the city of Glendale chose to renege on a deal that had 13 more years to run. Uh, we'll deal with it. What, what I want to make clear, because I know the letter that I sent to the senators in Arizona got a little bit of attention, that letter did not at all undermine or challenge our commitment to Greater Phoenix, which we think uh, is a great sports town and will support the Coyotes. Uh, Glendale was lobbying against legislation which would have made it easier uh, to get a new building, which we think will come in one of a number of places for the, for the Coyotes. Uh, what Glendale was telling everybody is if you oppose the legislation, they won't be able to get a new building and they'll be forced to stay here, uh, which isn't going to be the case. Uh, I remain optimistic that it'll get worked out. And, you know, when it term, comes to, uh, while, while we talked about two early on franchises where there was no prospect, we've been pretty good at solving franchise problems over the last few years. And I remain uh, optimistic and fully supportive of the Coyotes in Arizona. You again. Me and the last time. Uh, could you uh, <coughs> forecast uh, how soon Edmonton could expect to have the draft and the NHL All-Star game in this building? Uh, you know, I, I hate to prognosticate, and I even hate worse to over-promise and under-deliver. Uh, I believe we should have uh, a, a draft here. I believe we should have an All-Star game here but I would like to see the entire ICE district complete because when we do that and we show off Edmonton and the ICE district to the world, I'd like it to be done. Uh, so, you know, depending on the pace of construction and everything else, uh, those events would be thrilled to bring our league events here, uh, particularly now, uh, meaning in this building, but not now, now, because I'd like it all to be done so we're not in a construction site and let everybody see what actually this is all about when it's completed. I hope that answered your question, even though I was a little inelegant about the now-now part. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Commissioner, just want to ask you about what this arena has done to, to the city and, and the area and the district. Is this making it easier to maybe get an arena in Calgary or get a similar district in Calgary and things like that? You know, uh, it would be nice to hope that that's the case and I hope it's the case. Uh, you know, since I'm up here today and I'm going there tomorrow, I, I don't want to make my welcome too hot when I get there, uh, but Calgary obviously needs a new arena, and uh, hopefully this arena and this complex is inspirational. That shouldn't be too inflammatory, I hope. <laughs> Anybody have anything else? But that was quick. If we were at an auction, I'm not sure you would have won. Hi. This, this kind of just maybe falls into the, into the bailiwick of being the commissioner. But when you go 
from city to city. Oh. Um, fans react to you in different ways depending on where you are. Some places like Winnipeg and I think Edmonton, people, people are very favorable. Other cities, you know, you, you get a little bit of gruff. It's not true. I, you know, it's interesting. There are people all over who like what I do, and there are some people who don't. Part of the reaction that you get when you're a public persona, whether you're a politician or a governmental leader or a sports commissioner, um, it comes with the turf. Uh, I, you probably all know the story, and it's the anecdote. Listen, the booing is just part of the routine now. It, actually, if I walked out on the ice and there was no booing, I'd be stunned. I'd look around to see what the problem was. Uh, but, you know, I think you all know the anecdote. We were in Las Vegas in November, and I announced the name of the team. Um, there were five or 6,000 people there just to hear the name of the team, and I get introduced. Remember, on behalf of the owners, I just delivered an expansion team, the first professional sports team to a city that didn't have one, and I'm walking up to the podium getting booed, and I'm chuckling to myself, and what I said when I got to the podium was, thank you for the welcome. It now proves to me that you're ready to be in NHL City. Okay? I mean, it, it's, it's fine, because what happens is, you know, Every, in all walks of life, including walking the streets of Manhattan near my office, somebody will yell from afar. I don't normally pay attention, yell from afar. The people who come up to me and want to talk or want to have a picture or a selfie taken, they're all nice, they're courteous, and even if they have questions about the game where they disagree on a, on a supplemental discipline or a penalty call, people, all of us, share a common bond. And that's the love of this game. And I think everybody respects that. Uh, Gary, your visit to Calgary tomorrow, is there any official business for you on the uh, new arena project? Any meetings? Uh, or are you I, haven't, I haven't fully checked my itinerary, and it's constantly in flux. There may be some city meetings. I just, I'm not fully. Um, when I do these days, when I come into a town for a day, uh, I say to club president or owner, you have me for the day, I'll do whatever you want me to do, you don't have to clear it with me, you can schedule me as much or as little as you want, I can do team meetings with the staff, I can meet with season ticket holders, I can meet with the media, I can do nothing and be on the phone back to the office, so I'm focused on today, I don't, I don't know what my full agenda looks like tomorrow. Having I assume there may be, but again, I haven't checked my agenda. Having been through the very lengthy process here in Edmonton. Uh, where would you characterize uh, the negotiations for a new rink in Calgary at this point? <coughs> I'm not 100% sure, which is part of what I'll get briefed on tomorrow morning. Um, I know I'm having breakfast with Ken King because that's how I start my day. Beyond that, I'm not sure what happens with my day after that. Obviously, um, the discussions haven't moved forward enough that they've got to set up plans that they're pursuing, right? They, I, I don't know that they have an exact location yet. I don't know that they have a financing framework or exactly what the scope of the project is. Again, this is secondhand. Part of what I'm going to do tomorrow is get a little bit better educated. Just like, you know, being here today, I learned a lot more than I knew before I came in, which is one of the reasons I do this. Because, you know, being based in the East, 
you know, just going to games in one place doesn't give you a flavor of what's going on. The fans are a little different, more sophisticated in some places than in other places. The buildings are different. The game presentation is different. The economic climate in the particular city is different. The issues facing the team may be different. So that's why I like to get around and absorb as much as I can because I want to have my fingers on the pace or the pulse of the league in all 30, soon to be 31 markets. 